0: Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Lockdown Reds Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. It's a Monday. It's a Monday afternoon. I've gotten into this whole thing where I'm doing the podcast in the afternoon. But hey, whatever. Here we are. Let's talk some Reds baseball. I've got some things that I was looking at at the 1990 and 1995 Reds teams, and how they are similar, and some things that this 2020 Reds team can take away from those two shortened season teams. Now, yeah, we'll get into all that here in a minute. Also, in the second half, I want to do a sort of yesterday in Reds history, an ode to a player who was not here for very long, but a guy that I still remember fondly as a red we'll get to all of that here in just a minute but before we do make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms follow me on twitter at jeff Carr with three f's and follow the show at locked on reds also say that locked on reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 there's not really too much in the way of news but there is one thing i want to get to Not a transaction. It's not really anything concrete. There's no, you know, there's no announcement being made as to when the season's going to start. But I did see a quote from Mark Shapiro, the Toronto Blue Jays team president, saying that no matter when the resume date for spring training and for baseball to get back going, he says that players will need at least four weeks to get ramped back up and ready for a regular season, whether it be a protracted regular season or what have you, he says that four weeks will be needed to prepare. So take whatever day you think baseball is going to start and add another four weeks to it. Then that's when we'll see regular season baseball. That's where you've got people thinking that at least regular season baseball is probably not going to happen until July. Because think about this. I mean, we we might not even see spring training resume till around – Memorial Day. And at that point, that would leave us at the last week of June, first week of July, if that four-week timetable is to be taken seriously for regular season baseball. It could be an interesting thing. I mean, I know it sucks thinking that, hey, we're not going to see baseball till July. But think about this. The week of 4th of July, everything's getting back to normal. Baseball's back. That sounds pretty awesome right there. It sucks that it's got to be that far away but that's something that I saw Mark Shapiro with that quote of four weeks to prepare for any kind of season coming up. Something to keep an eye on there. This is all confusing. Why do I have to keep learning new things? But when it comes to the beginning of that season, we know that this year is going to be special here in Reds country with the team that's been put together through the offseason. And the funny part is the last two times that the season has been shortened for whatever reason – the Reds have fared pretty well. 1995 and 1990, the last two times that we've seen any sort of playoff success in the city of Cincinnati for baseball purposes. All right, never mind, for any purposes. They uh, You know, shortened seasons, and the Reds, in both cases, made out very well. Obviously, our last World Series championship came on a shortened season in 1990 and the 1995, the division title, and moving on to the championship series, in which they ran into the buzzsaw of the Atlanta Braves. But both seasons had some similarities and kind of a blueprint for. This year's Reds to kind of jump on board. First of all, and and this almost goes without saying, you know, you don't have to think too hard about this one, but both teams got started off very well. Their first 30 games, both teams saw measures of success. 1990 obviously a lot better than 1995 just because they started off with that 9 game win streak. I mean, hell of a way to start a season. It'd be nice if the 2020 Reds did that as well. The interesting part about 95 was that they started off in the first 9 games completely opposite. They were 1 and 8. But then they went on a torrid pace and by the time they got done with their first 30 games, they were 19 and 11. And then you look at 1990s team, they were 23-7. and seven. So when you look at that first month, whether we are talking about an 82-game season, whether somehow they've worked out a plan to play a 100-game season, look at those first 30 games. Those are going to be monumentally important. And obviously, they can't get out to the starts that they did in 2018 and really in 2019 as well. And if they do so happen to get out, like ninety-five when they were one and eight, and then you got to turn around pretty quick. They did that. Both teams immensely talented. Obviously, I mean, we're talking about ninety-five with Reggie Sanders and Barry Larkin, and then in ninety, you had good old Jose Rio just pitching the lights out and Barry Larkin as well. So I think that there's some similarities we can glean at least from performances standpoint. Both teams were amazing. In the hitting category, a top three—you know, yeah—easily a top three lineup in the National League. And when it comes to this year's Reds team, I think they're built pretty much the same way. You look at this lineup from top to bottom; it's going to be pretty awesome. I know people like to poke holes in the idea of starting Freddie Galvis every day at shortstop, but I think he is a serviceable shortstop when it comes to offensive numbers. And when you look at, and obviously, I mean, no Barry Larkin, nobody is. But when you look at the teams from 1990 and 1995, they were really well balanced in that they were able to get on base quite a bit, top three in the league, top four in the league, both years. And that's the National League, not the Major Leagues. But in both cases, getting on base as a team, a little over 34% of the time. I think we can do that this year as well. I mean, you look at the top of the lineup with Shogo and Joey Votto, those guys, I I have full confidence that Joey Votto is going to get back to his on-base machine of old. And then Shogo has shown that he's got that plate discipline, man. He's going to get on base as well. So they're going to be able to be brought around by the big boppers in the middle. You think about guys on base, pitchers are going to have more pressure on them to pitch well against the likes of Gino and Moose and Castellanos and whoever else is behind them. It's going to be a fantastic lineup this year to score some runs, and that's really the key, getting out to a hot start and hitting the cover off the ball. I know that the pitching is going to come. That's not something that I'm worried about. In fact, when you compare the pitching staffs of 1995 and 1990 to this year's, I think this year's is better. and Now, I know some folks are going to scream blasphemy because I just compared a Jose Rijo pitching staff poorly to the current pitching staff, but the talent that this rotation has and the bullpen that can be put together whenever the rotation goes longer and the lineup is getting more runs on the board, you're taking a lot off the plate of the bullpen, which is something that really crippled them last year was that they were pitching so much they've got the talent that if the innings are managed on the bullpen side it's going to be a top eight bullpen easily i think in the national league and when you put that all together you've got a recipe that could be very tasty for this 2020 reds ball club but just some things to think about when you look at shortened seasons obviously still no plan in place as to how long 2020 is going to last when it's going to start, uh, what we're going to be looking at here, but when it gets going, we know that the Reds like them some shortened seasons, and 2020 is looking that way as well. Here in just a minute, I want to talk about yesterday in Reds history, and, and some of you may, and it's funny because he may even profile as an obscure former Red, but he's a guy that I remember fondly, and we want, I want to talk about him in just a moment, but first I want to ask you, do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe that's just because you haven't found the right one. Look, when it comes to losing weight and getting in shape, willpower is key. But so is having the right equipment. Just ask the Reds. When you've got the right lineup in place and the right rotation in place, good things can and will happen. I'm talking, of course, though, about the Withings Body Plus Body composition scale withings is the company that created the first ever smart scale and they are still the best whenever it comes to the smart scale factory industry the they've got the market cornered here is what I'm trying to say but withing's created the body plus body composition scale to give you more than just your weight it also gives you your weight trend this is all whenever you just step on the scale you get your weight your weight trend and your full body composition and it even gives you a weather report i mean that's pretty nice and it syncs with your phone via wi-fi or bluetooth so you don't have to have your phone on you you can leave it sitting on the nightstand or whatever if you hop on the scale in the morning and then you can check it later on on the withings body plus app to see all of the information that this body scale is going to give you and now you can go to withings.com slash mlb to get 25 percent off the withings Body plus body composition scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G S slash M L B for twenty-five percent off the body plus body composition scale. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate? Forgot to give a shout-out to Chad in Lancaster, PA. He was the guy that sent that idea for the topic of comparing this team to the successful shortened season Reds teams of 90 and 95. Thanks again, Chad. That's through the Locked On Reds line of 513-549-0159. But now here in this second half, I want to talk about some history. It's time to take a walk around the diamond of the past. It's time for Today in Red's History. Alright, so today actually, uh, it's, it's yesterday in Red's History, because today in Red's History, not really much going on, but yesterday, 18 years ago, back in 2002, Dante Bichette announced his retirement. Now I know he only played one year as a red and it really wasn't even a full season, but this was the year after 1999, 1999 really grabbed my attention as a Reds fan. And I was all in from there on out. I mean, I've always been a Reds fan. I've got baby pictures and red stuff. So, you know, if you ever want to challenge me on that, but 1999 is really the first year that I can like, remember just about every little detail. So 2000, especially when they got Ken Griffey Jr. And all that stuff, like that just shot my uh, fandom from a cannon, really, if you think about it, And they added Dante Bichette in right field as well to pair there with Griffey. Now, Bichette at that time, he was 36 years old and kind of in the twilight of his career. But he had a really good season as a red playing in right field. Now, don't look at. War. War will confuse you. He only had a .5 war that year. In fact, his career war is 5.7. One of the reasons for that is he was a really good offensive player. He was really bad defensively, but he really never found himself in the American League. He started his career with the California Angels, but then went to Milwaukee and played most of his career starting in 1993 in Colorado. He came to the Reds, the offseason between 99 and 2000 in a trade in which the Reds sent Stan Belinda and Jeffrey Hammonds to Colorado, and they got Dante Bichette. He played 125 games for the Reds in 2000. He had a 295 batting average and an 819 OPS. Pretty decent statistics, 16 home runs and 76 RBI in 461 at-bats. He also had 27 doubles. I mean, the dude could hit it's just his defense always brought him down and that his OPS plus that year was 103 as a red they did trade him to Boston on August 31st and they got back John Curtis and Chris Reitzma now one of them you remember Chris Reitzma was a failed pitching product for the Reds at least as a starter they they started him quite a bit the next year in 2001 and he had an ERA over five. And I think he had some like 150 innings that year or something like that. And in 150 innings, he still had an ERA over five, but Bichette really only played another season after being a red. And then he retired, like I mentioned in 2002. And look, I know I'm not talking about an all time. Great. No, one's going to put him on a list of their favorite reds or anything like that. But when I look back on, little Jeff and how he was enjoying his Reds baseball Dante Bichette was right there in the middle of it in the year 2000 and so I thought it was interesting to see that 18 years ago yesterday he announced his retirement so shout out to Dante Bichette who his son most likely is going to surpass everything that he ever did because Bo Bichette looks awesome up in Toronto and every time I say his name I think of Bob Fett because it sounds like Boba Fett. When you say Bo Bichette, anyway, that's just me. That's going to do it for us here on a Monday. Good Lord. I'm off the rails. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on a Monday. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. on tomorrow's episode. We'll have some more red stock looking at this season. And later on this week, I've got an awesome episode coming up for you. Maybe two episodes. We'll see how long this conversation goes. But my buddy Doug Gray and Wick Terrell, we're all going to get together and just have us a little chat and a little group therapy session for the fact that opening day uh, won't be happening. And that's really, I'm I'm not going to talk about that a whole lot this week because it's going to make me sad. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.